Hello, everyone. Welcome to This Week in Mormons, the Twim Sisters edition with your hosts, Ariane Smith. And Tiffany Hales. December. December. <laughs> we made it to the end of the year. We made it to December. Tiffany didn't think she was going to make it through last week. We'll get to that in a second. Yes, we will. <laughs> Here's what we have to start off with. Because I have been itching to bring this up again. Oh yes, this is this is kind of a follow up to what yes. we talked about in November when this, we recorded this in is November. Follow up Re- November when we recorded. I was griping about how our ward had a young women's activity that was like a pajama thing, watching movies in pajamas, yes. and they put on the thing wear your modest pajamas, and I was like biggest eye roll, right? And, and then your girls were like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. they were cranky about yes. it. They wanted to rebel and wear shorty shorts. I was like, why do we have to say anything? I was kind of rolling my eyes. So um, on that theme, okay, things have not gotten better. Oh, dear. <laughs> so I believe in our episode, I was like, you know, the strength of youth just says, you know, they, they give some guidelines. Yes. So we should just be like letting the kids make their own choices. They, they not, are, we are to teach them appropriate right, behavior, not appropriate it. principles and let them govern themselves. Well, like two weeks after that, our steak had a steak dance. Also well, a pajama dance. Well, I think it was like a regional thing because I got it too. Oh, I think it was it like too. a five steak thing. Oh, it was and one so of those things where the steak was, invites the other steak. Exactly. Because the I got one for my daughter who lives right. in a different steak than your yes. kids. But our steak was hosting. Okay. <laughs> Another pajama theme, Christmas pajama party Okay, I did not realize your steak was hosting. Yes. Oh, well, this explains so much. This makes so much sense. Yes. In that context, I understand it now. We got a vibe thing. We're nothing (laughs) if not consistent. Very true. So so this is what they put on the flyer. Um, I think, okay, I'll just read it. Just read it. So at the bottom of the flyer in the fine print, it says, this is a direct quote from the strength of youth. Instead of saying modest pajamas, like we did on the ward Thing. We're going to directly quote it. It says, "Hey, maybe they listen to us. <laughs> maybe <laughs> so we were like, it's it's not that specific in the strength of you. Just let the kids like figure it out on their own." Well, now we're just going to put the full blown quote on there. Okay, <laughs> it says at the bottom, "Avoid styles that emphasize or draw inappropriate attention to your physical body instead of who you are as a child of God with an eternal future." That was the very long sentence at the bottom of this flyer for the pajama party. <laughs> Again, I was like, well, one one point for effort, maybe two, minus two for making it actually maybe worse and more guilt-inducing. <laughs> I thought modest pajamas was, like, annoying and eye-rolling. Yeah. This is worse. It's talking about your eternal future on the flyer for the steak dance. That's a pajama party. If you wear your inappropriate pajamas, you will be going straight to hell. You will not pass go. You will not collect $200. (laughs) What is the deal? It is December in Idaho. I don't think you need to be that worried. You probably don't need to be that worried because that's what happened with your girls is they were going to wear their shorty shorts and then practicality of, oh, it's cold outside. I would rather be warm than make a point. Right. Right. Also, who cares? I know. You know what? If somebody shows up at your steak dance and they're not like they're wearing short shorts, count your blessings they came. Exactly. <laughs> they're not out on the Do streets you know how drinking. Hard it is to get a kid to a steak dance those exactly. days. Exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. Anyway, all right, that's my rant. Go ahead. Let's let's get to the good stuff. Let's I get- have been waiting all week to hear about Tiffany's 
Ward Christmas party because I haven't talked to her all week and it was last weekend. And all I know is that leading up to it, she was about to like kill someone, physically die <laughs> or kill someone. <laughs> she was in a, well, she was in a bad place. I wouldn't say kill someone. She, I would just say my stress level was at a max. She was emotionally and physically drained. And my, Yes. My fuse was very short and it was one of those things of if you cross me wrong or look at me or, or, or anything, I am likely to just like rip you into one. And, and I do have to say my, my, this was coming off of, if it had just been the ward Christmas party, I think it had been one, it would have been one thing. It was literally 60 days of unrelenting, Yes. Activity. Plus you had been sick, like really. Plus I had been sick mm-hmm. and, and it was just, I mean, we'd finish one activity and we'd be doing another one. I mean, it was just back to back to back to back. So it was really a lot. And the ward Christmas party was the biggest one. So yes, you had asked me earlier in the week, cause I should say we did talk this week. We talked I, once very briefly. I just refused mm-hmm. to talk about the Christmas party because I said, no, we're saving this for the podcast. So I've been waiting all week. So. Cause I've been hearing about this for a month. Yes. I can't remember when we recorded last month did you did you lay your plans out for the pig i think i may have referenced did we, it did we know about the pig a month ago oh yes we definitely knew about the pig a okay. month ago we've known about the pig for a while but the pig plans changed in the last couple of weeks okay well, so let me let me give some background here some context so that everybody will understand so I've talked about this numerous times. I am in a Relief Society presidency. However, Relief Society was not in charge of the Christmas party. Mm -hmm. The way that they do the Christmas party in my ward is they call a couple to be in charge of the Christmas party because it's such a big deal. Because I have beefed before that we really need a ward activities committee because our bishop wants to have all sorts of activities, which I totally 100% support, but let's do it through a ward activities committee. So he does call a couple to do the Christmas party. And they call he called this couple back in August. So back in August, he says to my husband, because he's planning the Christmas mm-hmm. party this far in advance, because I looked and I booked the building like August 7th mm-hmm. for our Christmas party. Like I was like, we're going to get this building like lickety split mm-hmm. before any other ward gets in there or it's even on their radar screen. So he says to my husband, I want to have a pig at the word Christmas party, like a full on, fully cooked right. head, Hawaiian style, Hawaiian style pig for the okay. word Christmas party. So my husband, and so he says to Darren, cause my husband's a big barbecue. He's like, will you cook that? And my husband was like, sure. No problem. <laughs> now has my husband ever cooked a whole pig? No, he's never cooked a whole pig, but he's like, how hard can this be? You just YouTube it. He's up for the challenge. He's up for the challenge. So now anyway, you need, you need to add that this is not a Hawaiian themed Christmas. No, 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 no. This is just for funsies. This is just for funsies. <laughs> so anyway, so when my husband agrees to cook the pig, he calls this couple in our ward that we are actually very good friends with. Mm-hmm. And then they, he asks us, hey, you know, will you help? Since you've agreed with, to help the food, will you help, you know, Christy and Greg? And I said, sure, no problem. Christy's an interior decorator. She just has like amazing creative ideas. She is just like top notch up there. So I will work on any project with Christy. And Christy was just relieved that Darren and I were going to do the food because it wasn't just the pig. Darren and I were going to be in charge of like all the sides and everything. The food is a lot of pressure. The food is a lot of pressure. And so Christy was like, yeah, if all I have to do is decorate and coordinate a program and they're going to do the food, you know, we're, we're good. So that's, that's kind of the, the, the backstory here. 
So, and uh, so we know that we're going to do this pig. So I guess I should say, do you want to talk about the side dishes first or do you want to talk about the pig? Which, which direction let's do you want to go? Pig. Okay, let's go for the pig. So my husband starts like YouTubing and trying to read up about how to cook a pig in the ground. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly enough, the Polynesians are quite stingy with their with their methods, and there's not a lot out there. This is shocking to me because I would think that that would be such an easy find on YouTube. You would think so, but it's not. The best reference on YouTube mm-hmm. is actually the Polynesian Cultural Center, and they still and they don't and they don't. I mean, they kind of show it, but they don't mm-hmm. really show it. But there are just not videos or That's or so websites out there that tell you how to cook a pig mm-hmm. in the ground. So he has a few ideas, and one of the mm-hmm. things he's going to need is banana leaves. Well, you know, it's and you need a lot of them. It's not like we live in a climate where banana leaves are readily available. Anyway, so the more he reads about cooking the pig in the ground, the more he's like, um, this is going to be a disaster if I attempt to cook a pig in the ground. Uh-huh. So he revamped. Oh, but let me tell you, he first he digs. This was a- after they dug a hole in their yard. This was after we dug a hole in I my yard. I was over for Thanksgiving and they're like, did you see the hole in our yard? Yes. Yeah, there was a big yeah. hole. <laughs> yeah. So up until just shortly before Thanksgiving, the plan was to cook the pig in the ground. He brought a track hoe home because he went out there to start digging it by hand and decided this was like way too difficult. And so he went and rented a track hoe. So he brings a track hoe home and he probably has this pit that he dug in my yard where my trampoline used to be. We got rid of the trampoline. We're kind of beyond that because we don't have kids at home anymore. And the neighbor kids were kind of making a nuisance of my trampoline. I didn't mind them jumping on it. But seriously, this this fall we went out there, like everything they ever ate this summer, the wrapper for it was underneath the trampoline. <laughs> so it was at that point in time, my husband was like, yeah, the trampoline's going. <laughs> So he dug the hole where the trampoline was. And this is like a four foot by eight foot hole. It's a big hole. It was a big hole. In fact, I told my 19 year old son who lives at home, I'm like, you tick me off. You're going to find yourself out there in the hole. (laughs) Anyway, so then he decides, yeah, this is not going to work. So then he decides he's going to grill this pig and he's going to, uh, he starts reading up on this. And so he gets the cinder block, which he's in construction. So getting cinder block is not a big deal. He creates this cinder block grill on my patio that is literally five feet, four inches by eight feet and puts a layer of cinder block down on the bottom so that at least stuff Mm -hmm. isn't falling actually onto my patio, does rebar, cuts holes in the cinder block for the rebar to lay on because the rebar forms the grill he's going to put the pig on. And then he's thinking he'll put like coals underneath? Yes, he was going to put coals underneath to cook the pig. And then we go by like metal roofing to put on top of this. I'll put a picture up on on Twim Sisters' Instagram of the grill. (laughs) Then he has metal roofing he's putting on top of this, like, you know, to keep... For like a roof. For the roof, to keep the heat in from the coals when he's cooking the pig. And he gets a book on this. In fact, uh, the book arrived on a Sunday and he was like, oh, the gospel's arrived. (laughs) (laughs) Like it had the dimensions and everything, like how to create this grill and how to cook the pig and all of that. So so he moves on to that plan, which I was infinitely more comfortable with than the pig in the ground. Plan B. Plan B. So then you have to get the pig. And it's not like you can just run down to your local Albertsons and say, hey, can you order me up a full pig? Yeah, what do you do? You find a farmer? He he found a farmer. I don't know exactly how he found this farmer, but he found this farmer out Mm -hmm. in the CUNA area. So here's the deal with the pig (laughs) and buying a pig. Cash under the table, your pig is $200. If you want to receipt, your pig is four fifty. 
what kind of operation is this farmer running? <laughs> I have no idea. Find a like <laughs> underground shady farmer. <laughs> He's eva- evading taxes. So for two hundred dollars, we got a pig. Can't he just write it out, hand write it? No, he wants no evidence. He wants no evidence of the pig, of the existence of the pig. This is really <laughs> weird. <laughs> so. We get the pick, or rather, mm-hmm. Darren, Darren. Darren is at work. He sends our my son Isaac and Isaac's best friend Johnny to go pick the pig up. Now the pig has not been like like it is. It is. It is. You have to like got the pig. Got it like you do a fish. Yes. Okay. So they who's, take who's doing that job? They take the pig to my husband's work site Ooh. again. He's in construction. <laughs> He's working with a couple of gentlemen who are really into hunting. So they stand oh, around at well, night, that's convenient. put the lights on, and they're gutting the pig on the job site. Well, that's great. Outsource that. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, he's helping them. So he said it was completely fascinating to gut the pig. But before they gutted the pig, they had to get the hair off the pig. Because the pig has hair on it, and you want to cook it without the hair on it. How do you do that? Well, the way that you do that <laughs> is you have to put scalding water on the pig. They're and doing this all at the job they're site. They're doing this all at the job site. Oh my gosh. But the story gets better. Okay. So they're doing this all at the job site. So you put scalding water on the pig and then you like scrape the hair off. Ew. I probably should have given a warning on this episode that if you are an animal lover, it's probably too late at this point in it's time for too anybody late. Who's We've lost them. They'll never come back. <laughs> oh, but this gets better. So anyway, so 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 they do that. He cleans up the whole mess. In fact, so they're they're a sub on this job. They're not a contractor on this job. The next morning, the co- the general contractor says, "I heard you guys were gutting a pig." <laughs> and Darren's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "I dare you to figure out where we do we were doing it on the job site." The general walked around it. He could not figure out where they had done it because they had done such a good job of cleaning oh. up. Oh, good stuff. At least he cleaned his mess up. <laughs> so he brings the pig home. And this mm-hmm. pig is probably about 130 pounds after the guts have been removed. Okay. Sticks it in the cooler. And then we brine, proceed to brine the pig. So he puts all sorts of like salt and and apple juice and garlic. And I can't remember all what. So the, the, the pig, the piggy is sitting in a cooler in my garage overnight and oh it's brine. So this is on Wednesday night. So then we get to Thursday night. Okay. He pulls the pig out of the brine on Mm -hmm. Thursday night, starts cleaning the pig up. We've got the pig filleted. Well, I shouldn't say completely filleted out on a table in my garage. The pig still has some hair on it. So he's like, Tiffany, grab a razor. We're going to shave the pig. No. (laughs) So Thursday night, I am in my garage shaving a pig. I think you should have told your bishop to come help shave the pig. (laughs) Oh my goodness. On the list of things that I ever thought I would do with my husband, shaving a pig was not one of them. Oh my goodness. Well, then the pig is also dirty because the pig has been in the mud, you know, before he came to like, you know, my house. He was a dirty pig. Didn't that brine clean him off? The brine did not clean him off. Oh, so he was like, we need to clean the pig. No. So I handed him a scrub daddy and we scrub daddy the pig. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He was looking pretty good by the time we were done. In fact, by the time we were done, we we might have been taking selfies with the pig. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so then uh, he gets the pig all dried off and puts uh-huh. salt on his skin. He starts cooking the pig at 3 a.m. 
And so he has worked a whole day. He hasn't gone to bed. He starts cooking the pig at 3 a.m. And because he's doing it with coals, like he had, he's literally pulled an all-nighter. Okay, so he did use the coal. Because last did time use the I coal. talked to you, he was debating just putting it on the Traeger. Yes. He, he decided he to decided, use the coals. He decided he didn't think he could fit it on the Traeger. Okay. So he decided to just use the coals. So he stays up all night creating coals and watching the temperature on his pig. Like he literally pulls an all-nighter. Mm-hmm. I was like... Dude, I'm going to bed. So I went to bed because I had to get up Friday morning and deal with my side dishes. Should we go to side dishes now? Yeah. (laughs) This will be more friendly to the vegetarian. Exactly. (laughs) So here is my beef with church food events. Generally speaking, they are either a potluck or you pick a recipe and you give everybody the ingredients to make that recipe who signs up for it. And if you have five people sign up, you get five different versions of the same recipe. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I just can't do that. I, I, I can't. And so I was like, I need to have complete control over the food. So mm-hmm. here's what we did for our side dishes. We had rolls. And as you know, I have a really good roll recipe. So I made rolls on three different occasions and I made them like eight dozen at a time. And put them in Ziploc baggies. And I've got a friend of mine who has freezer space. And I said, Leslie, I'm using your freezer space. Right. So all the rolls went into the freezer. So okay. we had we had rolls. Then we were doing salad, which is really easy. We just bought a salad mix and we had toppings for the salad. And you could put your own toppings on the salad. So okay. everybody could fix a salad the way they wanted. Then we had green beans. And the green beans, we actually cooked the green beans at the church. Mm-hmm. I know it says heating and serving only. How dare you? I know. But you know, this is how I looked at it. I was actually heating the green beans. You were heating them. It's fair. I might have cooked the onions in a pan or heated the onions in a pan. I might have cooked the bacon in a pan. Also heating. Also heating. Cooking, heating is like the same thing. It's like the same thing. (laughs) So we had these green beans. We cooked Mm -hmm. those at the church. And then we did did mac and cheese. And the way that we did our mac and cheese is I lined up Instapots in the Relief Society room. And I thought we were going to cook eight full Instapots of mac and cheese. Well, come to find out that like overloads the circuits of the church. That's what I was going to ask you. I was like, could they handle that? Well, apparently an Instapot pulls more power than a Crock-Pot does Uh because I knew I'd have more, no problem doing that. So we had several Instapots that didn't start. We had to then dole the Instapots out. Taking them to the primary room. Yeah, we were taking them to all sorts of different classrooms. Every classroom has an Instapot. To cook the mac and cheese. (laughs) And then when the mac and cheese came out, we of course slapped more cooked crisp bacon on top of that. There was a theme that night. I guess. (laughs) So that's what we did for our main dishes. And then Mm -hmm. for desserts, I did, Christy wanted this brown, this, you wanted these brownies. So she gave Mm -hmm. me this brownie recipe in advance. I found these cute little baking cups that were like paper, but they were solid that you could bake in them. And I baked 144 of these little baking brownies in advance, which was actually way easier than doing the rolls. Again, they went into mm-hmm. Leslie's freezer and they had kind of a moussey mixture on top that was whipped cream with cream cheese and some peppermint. Mm-hmm. And then I did a salted caramel rice crispy treat, which those are super fast to make. And then I had a friend of mine who did some ginger cookies. So Yum. that those were our sides. Now I have to say the Sunday before this party, I went into the kitchen because I thought, okay, I have got to assess what sort of serving items are available right. in, in the church kitchen. What do what can I use that's here? What do I need to bring from home? Take a guess. Just 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 what do you think, Ariane? Was in your kitchen? Mm-hmm. I'm guessing your kitchen was bare. 
Well, I wouldn't say <laughs> because it. usually when I need something in the kitchen is when there's like five pitchers and I need 20 or one pair of tongs and I need 10. I wouldn't say it was bare. I would just say it didn't have anything in it that was useful. Oh. <laughs> Let's discuss what the church kitchen oh, has. Oh, I know what it had because this is what mine always has. Okay. Like a hundred spoons and a hundred forks and a uh-huh. hundred knives that you're not going to use because you're going to use plastic. Exactly. Like any reasonable smart person would do. Exactly. And a whole lot of plates, again, which you're not going to use. Exactly. Nobody does that anymore. Exactly. Um, And bowls. Bowls to go with the plates. Did you at least have pitchers? Yes, but we didn't use the pitchers because, ugh, gross. The church pitchers are disgusting. I I have several people in my ward. I've got one of those big things that probably holds, what, two gallons of water Uh and has a spigot on it that's all fancy. And so we used five of those and put fresh fruit in them, and they looked beautiful out on the (laughs) table. Okay, so nothing useful. Nothing useful, like no serving trays. I don't know how many ice cream scoops were in the kitchen, like thousands of ice cream scoops in the kitchen. Yes, yes. You can always rely on them for ice cream. But not, no other serving stuff. Mm-hmm. So I literally had a legal pad full of items. I made a list of what I needed to bring from my house. And mm-hmm. I literally transported probably a good third of my kitchen wow. to the church because <laughs> I brought my knives, my can opener, um, you know, all of my, I have a, a whole bunch of serving spoons, oh, serving platters. If you find a knife, it will the Ex- knife exactly <laughs> scissors I mean just everything mm-hmm. that I could possibly need I, I I transported there okay so back to the pig okay because you are serving this pig you told me you were going to serve it on a platter yes oh I saw the picture on Facebook yes. you put a picture on Facebook. I did put a picture on Facebook. I'll be open for the whole world to see yes I would like to know were people freaking out like were little okay. kids like ew gross okay Let's, we will, we have now talked about the side dishes. We have now talked about the inadequacies of the church kitchen. And mm-hmm. it is a good thing that, as you know, I throw a lot of parties. So I have tons of serving platters and yeah. catering stuff. So it, that is kind of relatively easy for me to do. Okay. So back to the pig. So my husband was concerned, well, that the pig was not going to be enough meat for the ward. Oh. So on- Really? A whole pig? A whole pig. He was concerned that wasn't going to be enough meat. Mm-hmm. I figured the pig would be plenty of meat. But to allay his concerns, I said, okay, let's go buy a couple of pork butts. So we mm-hmm. go buy a couple of pork butts because this actually does two different things. He cooked the pork butts on the trailer. Mm-hmm. Traeger, I should say. He cooked the pork pork butts on the Traeger. And then he just chopped them and seasoned them and put them in big serving trays. Okay. Because the purpose of the, having the whole pig was so that people could pick the pig. And I like knew you're not going to cut the pig. No. You're just let people stab at it. Yes. I had tongs really? and people were picking the pig with tongs. Oh, I thought you were going to like, cut, Oh cut no, 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 no. We were picking the pig. So I said, okay, let's do the pork butt because there may be people who don't want to pick the pig. And that way they can just go up to the tray that already has the meat Mm. in there that's seasoned and do that. I figured we were going to come home with a ton of pork and I thought Mm -hmm. that's okay. We'll seal a millet. We'll freeze it. He can use it for, I mean, he's always doing campouts with the boys. He can use it for breakfast meat for campouts with the boys. So um, anyway, six o'clock. Well, first of all, about five o'clock. I have one of the teenage boys there who's mm-hmm. helping me and I'm starting to get concerned about my husband because he like hasn't slept in 36 hours. Uh-huh. So I say, Nick, go to my house and check on Darren. <laughs> so he goes to the house. He texts me back. He's like, it's all good. 
little he's like the pig is having a little bit of a hard time getting up to temperature Uh-oh. so a little after six like the pig isn't there yet oh, and no. i'm kind of starting to panic mm-hmm. well finally about 6 10 6 11 the pig comes cruising in okay. as soon as the pig arrived he brings it in through the kitchen door puts it on the kitchen counter like people swarm into the kitchen people are taking pictures of the pig i haven't even decorated the pig yet it's on a tray <laughs> the pig is the star of the, the ward party. pig is the star of the ward party okay so after I let people get their pictures, I was like, get out of my kitchen. My pig has to get dressed for the party because the pig had to be properly dressed. I had to put it down a bed of lettuce. And then I had a friend that carved these oranges to look uh-huh. like flowers with radishes as centers that were going all around the pig because you don't come to my party unless you're properly dressed, especially if you're the star of the party. Oh, so the pig had to be properly dressed for the party. Okay. So I get the pig properly dressed. I Uh get Darren to agree to a selfie with the pig properly dressed. (laughs) So then they bring the pig into Uh the cultural hall where, because I told him, I said, this is the specific spot on the table where the pig is going to go. This is just like a luau. Exactly. (laughs) And so everybody's in there and they're like, ooh, ah. Uh Then everybody starts gathering around the pig, looking at the pig. Okay. And, and like, I didn't think that many people would be enamored with the pig. Uh-huh. They were completely enamored with the pig. Like really? completely enamored okay, so with the did, pig. Did they eat it? Well, I'm coming to that. Okay. So we let everybody like look at the pig in its full glory. Uh-huh. And I say to my husband, I said, look, we have got to go cut the skin so people can pick the pig. So we go up there and we cut the skin. The bishop hasn't started things yet. Uh-huh. Fold it back, grab the tongs, start like pulling a little meat off so people okay. get the idea of okay. what they are supposed to do. And so the bishop starts it. Uh, everybody, rather than get in line, the bishop's like, okay, if your tablecloth is green, you get to go right. up. And that's how we did it. Mm-hmm. My ward picked that pig nearly clean. Really? There was a little bit of shoulder that was left. Not only that, most of the pork butt was gone. Probably 90% of the pork oh, butt it's was a good gone. Thing you did that. It is such a good thing that we did that. Like, picked the pig okay. clean. Well, I'm shocked. I thought all the little kids would be grossed out. No, they were quite fascinated by it. <laughs> okay, so how did it taste? It was freaking delicious. Did it just shred off? It did. It just shredded mm-hmm. off and it was juicy and it had really good flavor. And you could even taste some of the brine that he brined it in. It was yummy, yummy, yummy. I am like, not that I didn't have faith. Yes. I'm, I'm very surprised that this went over as well as it did. Well, there was a lot of prayer involved. I'm not going <laughs> to lie there. Lots and lots of prayer involved because the the book that my husband got that he referred mm-hmm. to as the gospel says, um, the first time you do this, don't do it for a big party. Oh. Do, do a test run Uh-oh. first. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, this sounds like you may have gotten yourselves a job every Christmas. So. Well, I don't know. We, we are going mm-hmm. to do another pig for 4th of July. You know how we always do like a, like a, uh, a neighborhood block right. bash for 4th of July. So we've already planned that we're going to do a big pig for 4th Just of July. Just for your neighbors, not for the ward. Not for, well, it'll probably well, end up being as big as some the ward. There's some overlap there. Because I, I literally tell, like, I not only do I invite my neighbors, I invite friends. I've already mm-hmm. invited people from my office. I'm like, here's the deal. You show up at my house on the 4th. You have to bring your own camp chair because I don't have seating. You have to bring your own beverage, whatever you want, alcohol, non-alcohol. I don't really care. You have to bring a side dish Mm -hmm. and we will provide the pick Mm -hmm. and we just sit around and we eat and then we do fireworks once it gets dark. It is really fun. Well, darn, I won't be out of town for the fourth this year. I don't think I'll get to see your pig. I wouldn't realize you guys were going to be out of town. 
Well, anyway, all right. So, so that was that was my ward Christmas party. Um, well, I, I mean, that was that was the food for my ward Christmas party. We ended up doing a little play that was called Picture This, and it was a story about, of course, the birth of the Savior. My friend Christy, who was in charge of this ward Christmas party, did the coolest thing. Okay, you know how I have been harping on the light, the world, and that we do not have a giving machine here in Idaho. She had gone to a party at her office and they had a Barbie box at the party, like the box that you could go in and have your picture taken in that makes it look like you're standing in an actual Barbie box. Yes. I wanted one of those so bad. I did too. After the movie came out, I was like, how do I well, get one of these? Well, she usurped the Barbie box mm-hmm. and she covered it in red paper and she made it a giving machine. It was so cute. It was I so cute. I saw the picture cute. online. It was so So cute. yes, if you want to see a picture of it, it's on the Twim Facebook page. And so she did that and she put cards in there that were like, take cookies to a neighbor, shovel somebody's snow. I like that too, like ideas of service. Exactly. And so you could take a card and then you had that card and then you could perform that service with that card. That's so cute. So she's going to save that, right? We have to do it every year. uh, You know what? We probably Mm -hmm. should. We we ended up moving it out into the hallway. So it's in the hallway of the church right now. You better make sure you save that. I think, you know what? You're, you're right. I need to, I've got to figure out a way to con Darren to tell him this needs to come home and sit in my garage Mm -hmm. because I think it's so cool. It's so cute. So anyway, so that, that in a nutshell is a summary of my ward Christmas party. I realize we are, we are several minutes into the show. We had planned tonight. We were going to kind of do a deep dive into ward Christmas parties. We were, we were. I don't know how many stories we'll get to tonight, but why don't you talk about your ward okay, Christmas party? I'll just hit on mine really quick because we had ours on Wednesday night, and it was lovely. It was like probably my favorite. We've probably my favorite we've ever had since moving here. It was so really okay. So tell me all about I don't it. Know. It was like the perfect mix of like they called a couple to be in charge. Okay, and she is darling. She's so good at like planning parties and events. And, yeah. And she just made it really cute, but not over the top to where people were like dying. Like I went and helped set up and it was not like a hours and hours and hours. It was a quick setup, yeah. but really cute. Um, it was just your typical ham. Uh-huh. <laughs> not a not a pig. <laughs> but So how did they do the food? Did they have people uh, cook they, and bring stuff? They always do. They do the same thing every year. So it's nothing. It's just okay. your typical ham. You sign up. To bring either funeral potatoes, salad, or dessert. Okay. And no recipe is the free for all. So, okay. yeah, you do. You, you want to choose your funeral funeral potatoes wisely. It's very true. <laughs> so, oh, if you've not ever. All funeral potatoes are created equal. Oh, never <laughs> a more true statement has been said. But um, it was, but here's what made it like so perfect. Um, they had, we've never done this before. They had the primary kids do like a little Christmas pageant Oh, and it was darling. Our primary song leader did it and she kind of did it from like the Book of Mormon perspective of oh, the Savior's birth. Okay. And they sang lots of songs. Every kid in the primary had a part. The little ones were animals. There were a bunch of angels. They had, um, they started with Samuel, uh-huh. the Lamanite prophesying about Jesus yes. and there were kids throwing rocks at it, like pretending yeah, to throw rocks. Yeah. So, you know, they were into yeah. it. And then just sprinkled with the cutest songs. It was darling. And they, we've never done that for the program before. I, I think I mentioned on here several years ago, we've had some not great programs. Like one year they showed like literally a half an hour long video from the church. Oh. And my kids were going insane. 
It was just one of those Christmas videos. Probably along with every other kid there. Yeah. So they've done a lot of that in the past, like a video of the prophet sharing a Christmas message or or this. Um, one thing they do every year, and they did it again this year. Well, they, have, they, don't, they don't do it every year. It's newer. They've started it. Is They have all the missionaries from our ward submit a video. Oh. Uh, like a one or two yeah. minute, just sharing their testimony, quick update on how they're doing on their missions. And they edit them all together. And that was really cute. So the whole program was just the missionary video. And then the primary little pageant, and that was it. And it was like perfect time, not too long, not too short. The kids were sweet. They made, they made, the kids are what yeah. made it. Yeah. Because. Well, and I forgot to mention, because mm-hmm. again, in the crazy of all of the food, we did a video too. They mm-hmm. videoed uh, the primary kids asking them questions about Christmas and then oh, put that cute. all together. And it was, it was really, really, really darling. You know what else I really liked um, about having the primary kids so involved uh-huh. as a mom of primary kids? It gave them something to do. Oh. So they weren't running amok in the church. I mean, there was a little bit of yes. running amok in the church, but then they had to go do their parts. Well, and, and I- that really kept them involved versus them sitting there during a program. Yes. This is like the balance you have to. Fine, exactly. Right? When you exactly. have a ward party with, you know, 90-year-olds and children, babies. Yeah. <laughs> There's always that balance. So it was a great year for our, our ward. I loved it. I love that. And, well, mm-hmm. and kudos to your primary music leader mm-hmm. for willingly accepting that. I know. On the heels of probably what was the primary oh, yeah. program. Yeah. That's a big undertaking. It was. And she did great. They they took the week before in primary to practice. Okay. Like, we didn't teach classes that okay. week. Everybody stayed in the room and gave it one one quick practice. Um, and they'd, of course, been practicing the songs for the months leading up to it. So it was really cute. It was fun. Oh, and I, I think they're going to do it every year. She said, "We're I want to make this a tradition. Oh, so I loved it. Good. Well, I put on Facebook this week for our uh, Twim Nation. I said, Twim Nation, Arianne and I are going to talk all things Christmas party this week when we record. So give me some content. Know, this is a hot topic. People have very strong opinions they about. They do. It's like the Ward Christmas party is kind of like the crowning jewel of all Ward events for the it's year. It's very it true. the one that holds the most clout. Has it the is most very pressure, true. The most opinions. Very true. And the, the, well, let me tell you what people said and then I'll tell you what my takeaway was. Uh So uh, we have lots of wards that do breakfast, lots Uh of wards that do dinner. So there's a whole debate, you know, what is better breakfast or dinner? You know, breakfast, you might get your older folks out Uh who don't want to drive after dark. uh, But also breakfast, you know, have you ever tried corralling your kids to get them to the church at eight or nine o'clock on a Saturday morning? Breakfast can be rough. Breakfast can be rough. So then the other big debate is Santa versus no Santa. I've never been to a ward Christmas party with Santa. <gasps> Ever. Every single ward I've lived in, there has been no Santa. Do you not remember from our childhood? Oh, I remember from our childhood. I okay. should say as an adult. As an adult. As an okay. adult married woman. I have never had Santa at okay. my ward Christmas party. I'm a little bitter because I loved it as a kid. <laughs> well, exactly. I did too because – I and, and I – you know, it's we need to compare notes about what you remember from the Ward Christmas party as a kid versus me, because we're 11 years apart mm-hmm. in age, and you probably remember a completely different building than I remember. I remember Santa coming every year and giving us a little bag of goodies, and there was always like an orange and a candy yes. cane, and we looked forward to it every year, and we'd hear like the jingle bells yes. before he came in, and it was like, oh, Santa's coming! Exactly. So, <laughs> so. Um, the only thing, so so mm-hmm. the Christmas parties I remember were the building on 14th Street. Mm-hmm. This was a building that was built probably in the in the late 20s, early 30s. 
I don't even know if you have any memories of that building. Probably a little vague. bit, little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. because the church abandoned that building mm-hmm. eh, probably when you were quite young. Anyway, so yeah, we would have a paper sack. It would have peanuts in it. It would have an orange. Mm-hmm. It would have some hard candy or a candy cane and then like two little like chocolates in it. Mm-hmm. And I always remember that we would sing up on the housetop. Oh, reindeer's yeah. reindeer paws um and then santa would come in mm-hmm. i'm sure we did other stuff but i cannot for the life of me tell you what it was we did because that's what i remember is santa mm-hmm. and so i it's this ward i'm in we've done mm-hmm. santa maybe once or twice not very mm-hmm. often and yeah not a lot of santa and how i mean i i, I struggle with that because like mm-hmm. i said i i I just really remember that as a kid and I just really liked it. So I know, I know. me too. And, it, and, it was fun. And I see both sides of that debate, mm-hmm. which then brings me to, you know, do you have a spiritual party versus a festive party? You know, there were lots of people on Facebook who said, you know, we get so much spiritual at church. Mm-hmm. We just want to have party party and, and not so much spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody even said, you don't necessarily have to have food at your ward Christmas party. Now that is a hot take. That is a hot take. I think most people would disagree. I think most people would disagree too. In fact, he said one of his friends was a new bishop and elected not to have food at oh. the ward Christmas party. Oh, the first year he was a new bishop. That's rough. It, he 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 had a rough go of it. I'm sure he got an earful. Yes. Uh, one lady was really funny because. Uh, the ward that she'd lived in, that her family had lived in for a number of years that her kids grew up in, they always did a breakfast. They moved to a new ward and they did a dinner and her kids turned to her and were like, can they do that? Is that allowed? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Um, and then, um, you know, some wards will do the same thing every year and mm-hmm. some people appreciate that. Some wards will change it up every year and some people mm-hmm. appreciate that. Kind of my hot take from the whole thing was... Mm-hmm. Regardless of what your ward chooses to do, someone is not going to be happy. That's so true. You just can't win them all. Yeah. You just can't win them all. Too many strong opinions about this. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And then there was a whole LDS living article, and we're kind of getting short on time, so I I won't go into that, about, you know, eight different types of Christmas parties, um, some of which we've done, some of which we we haven't. And so anyway, but yeah, we we could probably spend a whole hour, our whole entire hour talking about the Ward Christmas party. It was fun to look at the Facebook post because it's just fun to see what other people do. Exactly. Like, exactly. I always like to hear about what other people do. So I'm just going to encourage you all out there to go look at the Facebook post mm-hmm. and see what people wrote because uh, people people contributed and wrote some really great comments and I appreciated it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to move on to articles of yes. news this week. There wasn't a ton of news this week, but we do have a few. We do have a few. So to start off the week, this last Sunday, President Holland rededicated the St. George Temple. Yay. Which, I'm so glad he was able to do that. I am so we glad weren't sure, too. Like if his health would be up, if he'd be up for it, but he was. Exactly. And mm-hmm. the people of St. George had really been praying for him. Mm-hmm. They had wanted him to be the apostle that was going to come down and rededicate the temple obviously because he grew up there he met his wife there they were sealed there St. George has you know he is a hometown boy Mm -hmm. and so when Sister Holland passed away and then he had all the health issues they really wondered is he going to be able to dedicate the temple so they were very happy that he was healthy enough to be able to dedicate the temple um 
they really focused on the pioneer heritage of this temple. Mm -hmm. This is the first temple that was built and dedicated because the Salt Lake Temple took so long to be done. It was the only temple Brigham Young ever dedicated was the St. George Temple. So it was up and operating Mm -hmm. and functioning way before Salt Lake was. And just how the saints down there had gone to this really hot, barren desert, and they're struggling to survive, yet at the same time, they're building this temple. And um, President Holland said, I could not love any other spiritual place more than I love this one. I love it when they let them take the ones that are special to them. And I feel like President Nelson really tries to give them that. Exactly. With the different apostles. And I love that they do that. Exactly. So it said um, that... uh, The consecrated early Latter-day Saints in St. George were not ready to build a temple because they were still in dire poverty, but they were willing. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, that that says a lot. And then another really sweet thing in the article is that, um, so this is the second time it's been remodeled. It was remodeled in the 70s and rededicated by Spencer W. Kimball. They expect this remodel to last somewhere between 50 to 70 years before it will need to be remodeled again. It looks very historic to the time. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I really liked is as soon as President Holland arrived in St. George, he visited the St. George Cemetery and his wife's grave. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was the first time he'd been back there since her burial. And I just thought that that was that was so sweet. It's a big moment. And he said, I am filled with lots of emotion and a lot of happiness. I'm planning on eternity. I'm collecting on the promises of this temple. So very sweet. I thought that was really sweet. The other thing too, that uh, I was quite shocked because I don't believe I've ever seen this with any other temple dedication. The prayer that he used to dedicate the temple, of course, was recorded, but not only was it recorded, it was, it was trans translated word for word Mm -hmm. and released to the public. So even if you weren't there to listen to his dedicatory prayer, you can read a transcript of the dedicatory prayer. And again, he talks a lot about, pays a lot of homage to the history mm-hmm. and those early saints who who built this temple. And I just thought, man, that's really cool to be able to read the prayer that he that wrote cool. to dedicate it. That is cool. Okay, next we have a couple of Tabernacle Choir articles, the Tabcats. Uh, first one is they just announced this week that Lloyd Newell, who is the voice of music in the spoken word and has been for the last 34 years, I know, is retiring because he's going to go serve a wife with his, or a mission with his wife, Carmel. Um, so that is sad. I cannot imagine sad. another narrator, but we'll get one. Exactly. So we have him until about July. Yes. Um And so there was a very sweet article about him. If you want to go read more about his history with the choir. Well, and he talks about how Mm -hmm. President uh, Hinckley, well, would have been, well, he Mm -hmm. would have been in the first presidency at that time, extended the calling to him and said, you know, this calling will last until you get a new calling. (laughs) And he was like, oh, I guess I got a new calling. That's a long calling. That's a long calling. (laughs) So, okay. And then the other is they released um, an article about the Tabernacle Choir and Orchestra's Christmas concert this year, which is happening right now. But opening night was last last night. night. We're recording this on Friday. Opening night was Thursday. Um, So they kind of gave a little uh, summary of that. It sounds like it was a great concert. Um, We've talked about it before. They had um, one of the actors from Downton Abbey was the narrator. Leslie Nickel. And the um, guest performer, singer, is uh, Michael 
Maliukul. Yes. And this is someone from Broadway, stars in Aladdin and very, you know. Well, the article talks about singer. all of the different songs that they sang. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, you can tune into music and the spoken word on Sunday and you'll get kind of a mini version mm-hmm. of the concert. But um, you, we won't be able to see, for those who didn't, weren't lucky enough to get tickets and I did not win the lottery for tickets. <laughs> Uh, otherwise, you and I would not be recording right now, right? Because I would be down in Utah. Uh, we won't be able to see it till it airs on PBS next, next year. Next year, they always show them a year later. Exactly, because so. I looked at a lot of the music that was selected, and there were some really fun songs yeah. that I was like, "Oh, I want to hear that." I know so. it looks like it'll be a good one. So watch for that a year from now. Yes, on your TV. Exactly. Okay. Uh, next article we have. This is a follow up to one. That we talked, we didn't talk, we didn't, somebody we, talked about we it. We did not talk about ago. it. One of the other hosts talked about it. One of it. the other hosts. This, I, I want to say it was the international edition okay. that maybe they talked right. about this, but this would be a little out of their league. This but was somebody, a, one of the right. other hosts talked about it. This was a few weeks ago this came out that there were um, some, in the Bay Area, there were several stakes that were having women sit on the stand just in their wards, like yes. weekly women in leadership, like release really society president primary president like and they did it different ways depending on the ward but this was a thing that had been done in some wards and stakes for up to a decade I was like I had no idea anyway so recently an area authority came and told him to knock it off this has caused quite the stir obviously if these women have been doing this for a yes. decade so this was just a quick little follow-up that um the Salt Lake Tribune did and this is actually an article that is uh word for word from their podcast, Mormonland. And I listened to this podcast last week. They just kind of dived in with two of the women who actually live there and are involved Mm -hmm. in this. Um, One is Amy Jensen, who used to be a young women leader um, in Lafayette, California. And the other is Laurel McNeil. And she's a current Relief Society president in Sunnyvale, California. So they just kind of followed up, interviewed them. Um, They are not going down quietly. Oh my. (laughs) And I... Personally, do not blame them. Okay. <laughs> I think this is, I, you know, I don't know. I don't see the problem here, but that's, that's my personal opinion. Um, so I think that they, I think I'm, I'm appreciative that they're mm-hmm. like fighting this. Yes. So they're writing letters. Um, they are, they, they first have been writing letters to the area authority and their stake president has been passing them on, but then they decided to write an open letter to the gem- general women presidents of the church. Oh. They thought, Maybe this is the route we should go. And they okay. said they got over 2,000 people that signed their name on this letter from more than 20 countries. But one thing that was really interesting about this article is, um, or this podcast, they asked them like about some of the feedback that they've gotten. Uh-huh. And they said they've gotten really positive feedback from like across the world. They said that oh. this is happening in other places, like in Europe. Um, they're, they heard from someone in Texas who was excited because her ward and stake are just about to like, just uh-huh. barely starting to do yes. this. It said in Missouri, they heard from women that have always sat on the stand during state conference, yes. um, which I think I've seen that before, but, but anyway, uh, just very interesting to hear about these things happening in different places because I had no idea this was a thing. Oh, I had no idea this was a thing either. This until came out and I was like, you can do that. And then I was like, oh, it makes so much sense. It does. And I loved, they quoted um, this one Release Society president or someone that had been serving said that um, one of the reasons they really liked it, oh, this was someone from Austria 
that is, they're doing this over mm-hmm. there. And she said one of the reason that she really likes it is because when a stranger comes into the chapel for church the first time, they are able to see the breadth of organizations mm-hmm. up there on the stand. Otherwise, they might not, just from sacrament yeah. meeting, they might not realize there's a Relief Society or a Young Women's Program. But And so I love this quote. She said, it's not about recognition, but it's actually about being recognizable. Oh, like. Like, it's not like they need the recognition. They want to be recognizable so people know that, like, exactly. we do have women's programs. We do have a yeah. place uh, for women. So I just thought that was an interesting perspective. And I also loved, you know, as they were interviewing these yes. women, they shared the perspective of how helpful it was to be up there for them and their calling. Yes. They could Which see, was very interesting. Yeah. A very could, interesting perspective. Oh, and I could totally see that. They could yeah. see who's there. They could see who maybe needs help, who's sitting alone, like. Things, yeah, things that maybe they just might have some insight exactly. on. So anyway, we'll we'll follow it and see if anything comes of it. Well, and it's such an interesting mm-hmm. concept because it really is kind of a either a stake by stake or region mm-hmm. by region thing because they had been doing this for quite some time. And I believe it was a regional authority, if I remember right. correctly, who mm-hmm. cracked down on him. And um, there was a lot of discussion about this on the on the TWIM Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And our, our, our esteemed uh, colleague, Jeff Openshaw, mm-hmm. uh, chimed in and he said, you know, the church handbook of instruction neither permits nor denies. Right. It, it's it just says nothing. It's, it's so, silent. Yeah. And as long as they are not um, presiding over the meeting and they're not presiding over the meeting, they're just simply sitting on the stand that there's no, you know, there's nothing that says this is inappropriate. And so it, it, it it's really an interesting thought because I, I had, I really had no idea that this was going on me on a neither. local level. It just never occurred to me. And then, but it does like, make sense when you brilliant. think, Why? when you think about general conference, yeah. because mm-hmm. the general relief society board or the, the general relief society mm-hmm. presidency, the general primary presidency and the general young women's mm-hmm. presidency yes. sits on the stand. Although that is newer. That is newer. That is newer. That is newer. You are correct about that. But we are moving. We're moving in that direction. In the right direction. So I I think it's a great idea. I really hope that this policy changes for them. I hope it changes for us. Why don't we do this? Well, (laughs) I mean, it would be it would be nice Mm -hmm. if again in an ideal world if the if the church were to issue some sort of a statement that just says. Hey, we we don't have a problem with this. Right. You go, know, go ahead, go ahead, yeah. and, and then you know each ward or stake or area can decide mm-hmm. you know what they want to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So I will do our last story before we get into a Mormon's behaving badly. This is such a sweet story. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a it's a really good way to kind of end our news segment. There is a young man. His name is Cade Madsen. He is from Honeyville, Utah. And he is uh, 18 years old. He is a cowboy and he is a bull rider. Like that is a serious cowboy if you are a bull rider. His older brother has also been a bull rider. So he has been riding bulls ever since he was a little kid. He started with mutton busting, you know, where they ride the sheep. And he progressively uh, got onto bigger and larger animals. And uh, he was a little intimidated at first, but he watched his older brother and that, that helped him along. Anyway... So uh, he decides, and and 
He's not on the professional rodeo circuit. What he is, is he's with a group of uh, professional bull riders and they have these teams. And this these, was fascinating. It was. And these teams go around the country and compete against each and other. they draft you. They draft them, just like an NFL team. This is a world I knew nothing about. This is a world I knew nothing about, too. <laughs> anyway, they draft them just like an NFL team. So he is on this team and they are called, let's see, he's on a team from Missouri that is called the Missouri Thunder. Well, he decides, I'm going to go on a mission. And so he is uh, he is leaving bull riding for two years. And he told that to the Missouri Thunder when they drafted him. He's like, I'm going to serve a mission for my church. Uh, he got called to Nashville, Tennessee. So he will be amongst all sorts of other cowboys out there in that Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> and right uh, he started his home MTC on December 4th. And just talked about how he intends to go out there and share the gospel. And his brother did the same thing and then came back and got into bull riding. And so I hope that we see more of Cade Badson and his bull riding in the future after he finishes his two-year mission. That's kind of fun. We get a lot of stories about athletes that take a pause for a mission. But I think this is the first bull riding one. Exactly. Exactly. So... Okay, should we move on to Mormons behaving badly? Yes. Okay, I've got three stories. I've got two new ones, and then I have a Bundy update. Because after I podcasted last time, I think I said, okay, Bundy's either going to get die down or get really get really colorful really quick. Yeah. Uh, first Mormons behaving badly. We had a man who was arrested for smashing the windows at the Provo Temple with a hammer. This happened this week. His, he was arrested. His name was Weston Forrest Avery Huff. He is 30. He was from Orem. Um, he's giving him a head start on the demo. He's giving them a head start <laughs> on the demo. Exactly. An illegal one, but. <laughs> exactly. When, when he was asked about, you know, did he go to the, because he, he fled the scene and they had some camera footage. They were able to track his vehicle down. The officers see that there's a hammer in the front seat of his mm-hmm. vehicle. And so they ask him, did you, were you at the temple smashing windows? And he said, um, yes, Jesus Christ told me to go there and do that. Hmm. So, yeah. That's sketchy. It, it's a little sketchy. Mr. Mr. Huff may have, a, have some mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, our next one. This, this, this is a doozy. So. This is wild. Now, had you ever heard about this one? I had never heard about this one, but when I read this article, let's just say this is Tim Ballard 2.0. Yes, it is giving major Tim Ballard vibes. Mm-hmm. There's another one. There's another. <laughs> it's like whack-a-mole. It's like whack-a-mole. <laughs> so there is this. He's an actor and a producer and a director. His name is Darren Scott Southam. Although these days he's going by Darren Scott. He's mm-hmm. kind of dropped the Southam. He has uh, has directed and produced this new movie called The Oath, and The Oath is loosely based on the Book of Mormon character Moroni. And he it took him thirteen years to bring this to fruition. Fruition. It was recently released in the theaters, and he released a video on YouTube that is about thirteen minutes long. I would love to give you the link to the video, but the video has now been removed. But if you look at the link that we are going to link to, there is a transcript of the video. It is a written kind of some summary of exactly what he says in the video. Exactly. The video, written by him. The video is entitled, An Open Letter to My Church. 
And he gets on the video and for 13 minutes, he basically rants and blasts the church for not supporting his movie. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how he did a screening of his movie with the church PR department. And they said, we think your movie's lovely. We hope it will be successful. But the church hasn't financially backed to the mo- this movie that's based on the Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. The church has not come out and told people, hey, you should go see this really good movie. Those are things that he would like to see. And he blasts the church for supporting Love Loud. He blasts the church for supporting The Chosen. He blasts the church for taking out an article in the playbill for the Book of Mormon musical, mm-hmm. but not supporting his movie. It really wasn't a very good look. So he, I'm, he's mad. He is. He is. And he's a little upset about this. Very entitled. I have to say, like from the first paragraph, I was like, "Who does this guy think he is?" Exactly. So entitled. Exactly. <laughs> Why so, does my tithing money need to go to him? Exactly. <laughs> so it was. It was giving me major Tim Ballard vibes. Uh, and politically, so I did a little, I did a little deep dive on him. Mm -hmm. Politically, he is, I would, I would consider him to be very extremist right wing. He was at the Capitol on January 6th. Although he did not penetrate the Capitol, he was there as part of the mayhem for that. But supposedly he has, again, I'm, I should say allegedly, because I don't know for Mm -hmm. sure. This is just kind of what I read that he has scrubbed his social media of videos that previously existed showing him at the Capitol. Now, I'm assuming he lives in Utah. He does. He lives in Utah. And the film came out this week, right? The film came out this week. I just, on my phone, because I was curious, pulled it up because I was like, oh, is it in, is it playing is it in, here Idaho? in Idaho? It is playing in three theaters here. Wow. But they all have like one show to show. Okay. One show time. Okay. So, um, but I think that's really interesting because I've never heard of it. Yeah, I'd never heard and of it either. I'm like, who is going to go to this have people here heard of this and we're just out of the loop um uh, i i don't know because i haven't even seen that much on facebook i mean when tim ballard's movie came right. out sound of freedom that yeah. thing was people blasted were, all over people facebook were passing it around oh yeah yeah anyway yeah. interesting so very very interesting the the video really was not a good look for brother southam in my opinion but so that's why i nominated him for mormons behaving badly is he needs to he needs to play a little nicer and be a little less entitled yeah so, that okay, weird. <laughs> Ammon Bundy update. So, when we last left off with Ammon Bundy, he was getting defaulted. Uh, they were going to take his house. They were going to take his house. And so, um, supposedly, so the judge, the, so, uh, let me backtrack here. Let me, let me get my facts straight. Mm-hmm. So, St. Luke's sued the guy who bought Ammon Bundy's house and sued Ammon Bundy because St. Luke's wanted to undo the transaction, claiming that it was a fraudulent transaction. Right. Ammon Bundy uh, did not make an appearance in this case, so the judge entered a default judgment. And the other party in this case, who the gentleman who had purchased his house, which was a gentleman by the name of Aaron... Welling, one of his like followers, one of his followers mm-hmm. was cooperative with the court in St. Luke's and handed the property over St. Uh, over to St. Luke's, according to the documentation. He decided, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. So when Welling bought the house, not only did he buy the house, he bought all the furnishing and all the fixtures. Well, when St. Luke's went into the house to check the status of it, none of the furnishings were there and many fixtures mm-hmm. had been removed. So St. Luke's is a little grumpy about that. Yeah. So the good news is. Ammon Bundy has left the state of Idaho. He's left our state. 
He posted a video, which I watched for you folks, so you don't have to, (laughs) on December 2nd, and he said that his family has been temporarily displaced. Uh, They have taken all of his physical possessions, and they're trying to take his liberty. Well, I would say they haven't taken all of his physical possessions because he took a bunch of stuff out of the house that he wasn't supposed to take. Anyway, um, and he goes on to say, to talk about the deep state in Idaho. I don't know if you knew Idaho was a deep state. No. (laughs) Run by the Idaho Association of Commerce and Industry. And he said that it was just too dangerous for him and his family to remain in Idaho. No longer a safe place here. It is no longer a safe place. We ran him out. We ran him out. (laughs) I feel like a Missouri mob, but I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it either. Now, nobody has really said where Ammon Bundy is, although my suspicion is I think he I think he went home to Cliven. I think he's hanging out on the ranch in Nevada. That's in Nevada, right? Yes, yeah. that's okay. in Nevada. That would be where I would put my money is that he's hanging out at the ranch in Nevada. Nevada seems like a great place for him. Lots yes. of wide open spaces. It's the wild, wild west there. He'll thrive. He'll thrive. <laughs> exactly. So our loss is Nevada's gate. <laughs> You're welcome, Nevada. Thank us later. All right. Now we have to move on to favorite things. Oh, Ariane is not looking forward to this segment. Uh, I, well, I have a favorite thing tonight, but before we start our favorite thing, I have to follow up on, on something else. Okay. So last time we recorded, I talked about the infamous tomato soup cupcake. Yes. You threatened to make me try I one. I threatened to make you try one because my ward has Linger Longer this Sunday. And so today I made the tomato soup cupcakes for Linger Longer. And so we are going to try the tomato soup cupcake before I inflict it upon my ward. So... And you haven't tried this yet. I have not tried this yet. I did try the batter when I was cooking it. For those who are watching on YouTube, here is the tomato soup cupcake. It has a cream cheese frosting. It it is a very dense uh, cupcake. More like a muffin? It it seems to be almost more like a muffin. It It is not light and fluffy like a cake is light and fluffy. So there's tomato soup, but I'm assuming there's a lot of sugar. So there is. So the way where this originated is this originated from a Relief Society cookbook from the Mill Creek Third Ward in Utah that my um, mother-in-law gifted to me uh, in pursuit of my strange Mormon recipes that I figure are so appropriate is this on for the, Linger Longer. Is this on brand for the rest of the cookbook? Um, pretty much. <laughs> so you start with a can of tomato soup. And I, and I have pictures of this on our twin Instagram. You start with a can of tomato soup. You add melted butter and sugar and okay. you mix those together. And then you're going to add in baking soda, cloves, nutmeg, and vanilla. And then you're going to put your flour in and then you're going to bake it. And it is topped with a cream cheese frosting. Look, okay. I even put sparkles on it. I put red sparkles to make it festive. <laughs> to remind me that there's soup in there. <laughs> red soup. So I'm cutting this in half. Okay. And we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how this is. Be sure to get a bite with the frosting. <laughs> um, it's very tomatoey. The frosting helps take the edge off. <laughs> it's not as bad as I thought. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's a keeper. <laughs> I really want to hear if these get eaten at your ward party. I I will I will I return and report. I want you. I'm getting some tomato aftertaste. Yes. I want you to take note of how many people eat one bite and 
leave the rest on their plate and throw it away. Well, <gasps> here's what I think I'm going to do. So the kids always go through the line first. So I'm not going to waste these on the children because the children will just take a look at it. think it looks good. They'll take one bite and they'll throw it away. They'll lick the frosting off. They'll lick the frosting off. I need a more distinguished palate. So I think I'm going to wait till after the kids come through. And then I think I only have 12 of them. I didn't make a huge batch. Okay. Then I think I'm going to bring the tomato soup cupcakes and put them on the table and see if I can talk willing adults into trying. Are you you going to tell them what's in it? Well, if they listen to us. If they they listen to the podcast, they might know. Or if they follow Twim Sisters Instagram, because I put it out there on the Twim Sisters Instagram. So it's kind of spicy, all those spices. It, it, it really is. It has a very different it's like flavor. Carrot, carrot cakey, but tomato cakey. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's okay. And I just want you to know I saved you because the recipe called for raisins. Oh, <laughs> are you I, kidding me? I, I am not kidding you. I did not put the raisins in. There's a way you could make this worse. <laughs> Yes, I could have put raisins in, but I was thinking oh, about you, Ariane, and I was like, I wild. love my sister enough to not put raisins in the tomato soup cupcake. I do appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, favorite things? Favorite things. Okay. I'll go really fast. Mine is actually a repeat favorite thing because okay. I have favorited this before, but I think it's been many years. The lower lights. Christmas albums. Oh. Well, the lower lights, anything. I love the lower lights. Everything they do is great. They're a group out of Utah. Amazing musicians. My husband and I went to their concert last week. It's the first time we've always wanted to go to their concert. <sighs> jelly, we, jelly, we jelly. Drove down to Salt I'm Lake so jealous. I went to their concert. They are so talented. There are 18 people in that group. There, I didn't know there were many. I didn't know it was that big either. Five of them are singers. The rest of them all play multiple instruments. There are wow. so many instruments on that stage. I could. I didn't. Even so know where that. was the concert at? From where it was at the U. Okay, in one of their concert halls. Okay, it was a raging good time, and I did not realize they have like two new CDs uh, albums that they've released really? in the past like year or two. Okay, with like church music, um, duop church music because I love their duop church music. Lots of like gospel stuff. Okay, but there are some hymns on there too. Okay, well I'm gonna have to go so, check that out. Yeah, because I have a lot of their stuff. Anyway. Love them so much. I'm giving them a, a second favorite thing several years later. Perfect. They're still that good. Oh, that is awesome. Okay. Okay. So my favorite thing is I finally broke down and got a robot vacuum. Now I have been on the fence about the robot vacuum because they're kind of pricey little things. And I just wasn't convinced that I was really going to like it. I really wasn't convinced that it was going to work that well. And I thought, I do not want to go spend hundreds of dollars on mm-hmm. this vacuum that I'm going to not like. Well, my local Walmart, they, they have they have knockoff ones that are a lot cheaper that don't do the mapping or anything like that. Mm-hmm. My local Walmart had was clearancing out some of these kind of knockoff ones that are a little that are a little cheaper mm-hmm. for $35.50. That is crazy. Why didn't you call me? Like I need another, but I know. One can always use another. So, they could be friends. <laughs> oh, they still have some on the shelf because where they've put them People don't realize where they're on clearance. Oh, I might get one. Because they're like really low on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I thought, okay, for $35, if I hate the thing, I am not out a big capital expenditure. Mm -hmm. And really, all I ever wanted it to do was just do my tile. I did Mm -hmm. not want it to do my carpet. I'm going to use my big vacuum on my carpet. But I have probably a 1,000 square feet of tile on the main floor in my house, as you know. Mm -hmm. And it is in all the main entry areas. And it's in the kitchen. It's in the dining room. It's in the bathrooms, the hallways, just anywhere in the main floor of my house. So in addition to having this 1,000 square feet of tile... I've got 
two dogs. Well, I have one dog, but my son's dog is over all the time. So I say I have two. My husband works construction. My son works with him. They are continually tracking in. You got a lot of dust. The grit from the construction dust site. Dust and dog hair. It is like <laughs> having sand on my tile. And it, yeah, dust and dog hair. It drives me nuts. And so I thought, okay, if I can just get this thing to work on my tile and sweep my tile and and I, so we, we did it. And the first time I was, I was frightened. So before, before it even, before I even ran it the first time, I dry mopped my tile. Plus I did a little wet spot mopping. So it wasn't like as bad as it could be. And the thing was totally packed. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I did it and it was totally packed again. I'm like, where is this coming from? I know, Finally right? today, it's not as packed, but I've just set it so that Monday through Friday, it's going to go off every morning at 6 a.m., do my tile. I'll start fresh with tile for the day, go to bed and then wake up the next morning with, with fresh tile and hopefully not have to deal with all the grit that I feel on my feet. That is like nails on a chalkboard. It's so great. I'm so glad you love it. So I do. I love it. So that's my favorite thing. So, right. All right. Hey, before we wrap up, what do you think about staying on for just a minute and doing a Patreon segment? And we will go through some of those Christmas party ideas that we didn't get to in our in our first go around at the Christmas yes, party. We should, we should do that. So for all of you who are Patreon subscribers, stay on the line here because we're going to do a Patreon segment, follow up a little bit more on the Christmas party. Uh, for those of you who are not Patreon subscribers, feel free to donate three bucks a month and throw some love at the TWIM and be a Patreon subscriber and get some extra content. You can always find TWIM at uh, all the social media sites, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Ariane got me back on the Twim Sisters Instagram, so I will probably be posting pretty regularly now. She's, she's a better poster than me. <laughs> well, I don't have five kids, four kids still at home. That's probably why. Uh, and then, of course, if you have any questions or comments, you can reach out at contact at thisweekendmormons.com. Great. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.